Joe Biden has no intention of protecting women's sports. No shocker there. But I'll say it again. Conservatives are the new and true feminists, and it's a mantle we will gladly carry. I've got the one and only Caitlyn Jenner on deck to weigh in on that and more. But first, thanks to Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk, we now know the government was really concerned with sliding into our DMs. Let's get into it because the show starts now. Thanks to the Twitter files and some good old common sense, you've known for quite some time now that big tech and big government have become quite cozy over the last several years. But turns out it's even more egregious than we thought. When you got there and all of a sudden you own it and all the data on the servers belongs to you. And well, it belongs be to the people in my view, but yes. But, but you can see what it is and you can yes. see what they've been doing and you can see who's been working there. You, you were shocked to find out that various intel agencies were affecting its operations? Uh, the, the, the degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, because the DMs are not encrypted. So one of the first, you know, one of the things that we're about to release uh, is the ability to encrypt your DMs. That's pretty heavy duty, though, because a lot of well-known people Reporters talking to their sources, government officials, the richest people yeah. in the world, sure. they're DMing each other. Well, imagine that. Those government institutions that have repeatedly and emphatically told the American people they aren't biased, aren't censoring Americans, aren't snooping through our stuff, aren't targeting average and innocent people for no freaking reason. Well, lies. All lies. They were pillaging through our freaking DMs, for God's sake. Boy. Can you imagine if former Twitter employees, at least I hope they have now been canned, and government officials, who should also be canned, were as concerned with tracking and targeting child predators and pedophiles as they are mega conservatives who tweet about freedom and Donald Trump? But no, we are the threat, and not because we pose a legitimate threat, but because we don't fall in line with their lies control and their BS. Thank goodness we have Elon Musk at the wheel now over at Twitter, but my question and my real concern is, who is still at the wheel over at these various government agencies? Oh, and also, who is running this country from the shadows? Because it sure ain't Mr. Lick the World over there. Still ahead, women's only anything will soon be a category of the past because, quite frankly, liberal feminists would rather cheer for men. Bet you didn't have that one on your bingo card back in the hashtag MeToo era. Well, I've got Caitlyn Jenner on deck to dive into it all, and nothing is off the table. That's next. So do y'all remember just a few short years ago when women, and I use that term loosely, from around the country and even the world rallied together in pink hats for what they deemed as women's rights? Well, just seven short years later, apparently that's no longer a thing because the feminist banshees who once screamed, I am woman, hear me roar, in the streets of every major city are now either silent or worse, advocating for biological men in women's categories. So yeah, apparently that whole Women's March was just another anti-Trump and pro-abortion tantrum that had nothing to do with women's rights. Joining me now is a real warrior for women and conservatism, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn, it's great to have you. Tommy, it is always great to be on your show on Fearless, because you're a fearless person. I'm a fearless person. You know what? And that's what we're lacking right now in our country. Um, you know, my definition of fear is kind of fear is kind of like fire. Fire under control can be your best friend. It's going to hook, you know, heat your home. It's going to cook your food for you. 
fear out of control, I mean, a fire out of control can burn your house down. And that's what happens too often. When, they, when people get afraid and they, they show fear, they're afraid to do anything. Um, it's the strong ones that stand up like yourself, like myself, um, to, uh, uh, to make a difference out there. And honestly, we need to do that right now. Uh, we need to stand up. Uh, we're losing our country quickly. Uh, just in the last little over two years now, uh, the devastation to our country has been, uh, I, I hope, not unrepairable. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to fix it here. But we got to keep fighting. We can't be, you know, let fear get in our way. You have to tell me, Caitlin, about your Fairness First Pack. I know that you are the founding spokesperson for this pack, and it's really centered around actual women's rights. And you are really carrying the torch for all of this. And there are so many liberal feminists <laughs> who have remained silent. But tell me about Fairness First, the pack, and what you aim yeah. to do with it. Uh, yes. Uh, where is Jane Fonda today? You know, um, we're out there fighting. Fairnessfirst.us uh, uh, was started by some people. I met a lot of really great people uh, when I was uh, got into the political world uh, for the recall of Gavin Newsom. And uh, I started realizing that the one thing that makes politics is, unfortunately, it's sad, but money. Money talks in this business. Every Every time I turn around, it seems like you need more money to do this. You need more money to do that. So this group decided to start FairnessFirst.us. It's a pack to raise money uh, on uh, three issues, two in particular. Number one, we have to protect women's sports. It is under assault right now by the trans community. If the thing's happening right now... Um, go through, you see what's happening with Title IX, it's the end of women's sports. Um, and I've been on this bandwagon for the last couple of years, starting with Leah Thomas, obviously. And you know what, Tommy, we've won a lot. I mean, international swimming basically banned Leah Thomas. Um, they said you have to have had um, uh, transition before the age of 12. Basically, they realize it's not your hormone levels, it is you going through puberty. I mean, Leah Thomas has big hands, cardiovascular system of a man, on and on and on. It's just not fair, and it has to stop. So um, I've been fighting that battle for a while. So we won in swimming. Then World Track and Field, uh, World Athletics, uh, headed by Sebastian Coe, um, you know, kind of the domino effect, that fell. They basically banned uh, trans women in women's sports uh, on an international basis. But this fight needs to be fought everywhere, in the NCAA, all these different organizations. And after all of those wins, who comes into the picture? Joe Biden. Joe Biden declared just weeks ago that he wants to change Title IX, which was set up back in the 80s for fairness in women's sports, primarily the NCAA with scholarship programs, saying that if the men's team gets 10 scholarships for soccer, the women's team needs to get 10 scholarships for soccer, which was fair. And it went through, it is the law, and it raised women's sports. I mean, not only from the scholarship standpoint and getting a great education, but also women's sports came up. It was such a good thing. Now, Joe Biden wants to destroy women, wants to destroy women's sports by using this radical gender ideology by saying it's just 
how you identify. It's not your, your DNA. It is not, you know, anything about that. It is just how you identify to play women's sports. It is wrong. It cannot go through. It is now backed by $10 million by, guess who? George Soros. So uh, we got to continue to fight these battles. That's number one, uh, that uh, Fairness First is fighting for. Number two um, is parental rights. I'm a parent. You may have heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a parent. I have, you've probably heard I have a lot of children and uh, a lot of grandchildren coming up. Grandchild number 22 is wow. on its way. Not quite here yet. And uh, so I have a lot of shows. So I am into parental rights. I hate to see what is happening right now, uh, how the government is trying to destroy uh, the family unit. I mean, there's no question about it. You see it all the time. What they're doing in school, this radical gender ideology they're trying to teach our children. Even out here in California, a school board just passed the secrecy policy, meaning that if you suffer from gender dysphoria, you know, how bad, who knows it really, so, you know, your math teacher's talking to you, you don't have to tell your parents and we won't tell your parents. You can stick with us and we'll take care of you. That is absolutely wrong. Our children belong to the parents and um, bottom line, that I don't want my kids being taught this radical stuff right now. So uh, parental rights is the next thing that Fairness First is doing. And the last thing, if things go well and we are able to raise enough money, uh, we want to protect or we want to support candidates that share our values, um, all those things together. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's new. It's only been out for a couple of weeks now. We've had senators call us, congressmen call us. You know, people are getting involved and this is a place where you can go to get involved. You're still in California. I want to talk about California and the mess that it is a little bit later. But in California, right, we know that this is like the battleground for what you and I deem the Rainbow Mafia. There's so much activism around the LGBTQ movement. Every day it gets a new letter, and that really is the hotbed there. But I wonder, because you are a conservative, because you fight for women's sports and women's categories, how are you received by others in California, in Hollywood, in entertainment. It's a business you've been in for many, many years. I have a feeling they might not be so inclusive when it comes to you, at least not anymore. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I kind of do my own thing. Uh, I think the things that I'm doing are more important than Hollywood, um, uh, fighting for parental rights, fighting for you know, fairness in women's sports. Um, I think those are much more important issues, um, political issues. Um, we're losing this country, and um, I want to do something to fight for. And the reason I do that, my father um, landed on the beaches of you know, Omaha uh, during World War II. Um, 364 guys in his division, uh, 60. He was the 5th Ranger Battalion, 60. Tommy came back alive. I mean... Um, if he could see he's buried at Arlington, if he could see what was happening to this country right now, he would be absolutely devastated. And I'm, I'm going to fight for him. I'm going to fight for all those guys during World War II, all the veterans out there. I did a big fundraiser this weekend for veterans uh, down in uh, Florida. And uh, I'm going to continue to fight for that. Uh, there's so much to do right now that, uh, you know, Holly couldn't kind of stand on the back burners right now. 
uh, I think saving the country is, is much more important. But yeah, to be honest with you, Tommy, I mean, I get death threats all the time. I, I'm sure you're very outspoken to get the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a shame, uh, but I am, like yourself, a big supporter of the Second Amendment. <laughs> I am armed and I, am, I can defend myself, okay? So I'm not afraid of that. And, uh, but uh, yeah, Hollywood I kind of left behind. Uh, the political issues right now are uh, so much more important. But I wonder as well, have you had conversations in the trans community to some of these individuals to try to explain to them your perspective? Have you made any headway? Because there has to be some reasonable people that understand what you're saying. There's nothing against trans people, nothing against the LGBTQ community. We just need to have separate categories so that women are not entirely erased. Is there any headway you're making in these conversations? We know in the public and in the spotlight, it's this trans movement is very loud, very vocal and very aggressive. But I wonder behind the scenes in personal conversations conversations, if you're able to maybe change some hearts and minds? Yes, you are. Um, I'm a common sense person. I believe in common sense. Um, we have, unfortunately, like any group, any small group out there, there is always a very small portion of that that are kind of this radicalized group. I mean, I have been for the longest time uh, from going way back when, years ago, right after I come out and started, you know, I kind of had my, uh, my head up in the stars and I'm thinking, I'm going to change the world when I first came out. I said, I'm going to start uh, raising money. I did a deal with Mac uh, and I had my own foundation. We raised about two and a half million dollars just in the first year. I gave it all away to trans organizations to try to help help these people. And boy, let me tell you, it, it is needed. But in return for that, what did I get? Because I was a Republican. And to be honest with you, Tommy, it started with the Diane Sawyer interview way back when, mm -hmm. still as Bruce. And she said, well, you know, all of this about trans issues, uh, but I've heard you're a Republican. And I, you know, I was kind of taken back. I didn't know she was going to do that. I said, yeah, I mean, there's Republicans and there's Democrats, yeah. And, uh, oh boy, it, it started then. I, I'm not a, I was a first a, an activist trying to do this, but I got to a point after giving two and a half million dollars away to all these organizations and that small group of the, I call, I took your, your term, <laughs> the radical rainbow mafia, um, uh, this small group within the community who wants to get clicks and they want to be out there. Um, uh, I, I said, I can't do that. What I want to do in my life is I want to be a trans example. I'm not an activist. I'm an example. I'm an example that you know what? You can go through a lot in your life. I suffer from gender dysphoria from day one. I mean, it's always been part. But when I grew up, I'm much older. Um, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, there wasn't even a name for it. And I grew up in that area. I, I, I remember somebody, you know, when I was in my 20s saying, talking about being transgender. And I'm thinking, man, that's, that's kind of me. You're kind of born with it. But I was fortunate. I found sports uh, and I latched on to that thing. That was so important for, for me. And um, uh, 
so my journey was very different than these. Let, let me, you know, so many times that people ask, let me, let me start off like this. Um, I am a, a part of the trans community, but I am different. I have a different approach to it. But today, this is how I look at it, Tommy. I'm a trans person. Um, my birth certificate has gender marker F. My driver license, gender marker F. Everything about me, biologically, technically, I am female, okay? I live my life as a female. Yes, I do use the ladies' restroom. Uh, I don't, wouldn't feel safe going into the men's restroom looking like this. Um, I've never had a problem there. Um, the people are wonderful. And by the way, Tommy, the ladies' rooms are much better. <laughs> they're, they're cleaner. They're cleaner. They got music. Usually they have flowers, you know. Um, it's much nicer. And the conversation is much better in the ladies' room. Let me tell you that. I, I learned that. So I love going in there. But I, I, I know people may feel uncomfortable because I'm in there. Um, but I'm always very nice and very friendly. I go in and do my business and boom, I get out, you know, unless there's a good conversation going on. I get out and I've never, ever, ever had a problem with that. And so, so I live my life as a female, but I, I consider myself because I have great respect for women. Okay. I love women. I mean, Mary, I, if you've ever been in at the hospital and watching a woman uh, give birth uh, to a little baby, um, you believe, you know what, there is a God. I mean, this is the most amazing thing that women do. I have such respect for them. I have respect for their intelligence, who they are. I don't want to go in and say, yes, I am a woman in this and that. No, I consider myself a trans person. You know, um, I live my life as a female. Um, but I consider myself a trans person. I don't want to show any disrespect to women. And I'm hopefully in a position as a trans person uh, to be able to help women in sports and, you know, for, you know, parental stuff, uh, all the things that we're doing with Fairness First. So that's kind of how I look at the world. Um, but I am, yeah, I am basically, I'm a biological man. I get that. You know, and, and so many trans people are afraid to say that. I, you know, just recently you saw poor uh, Riley Gaines um, when she was attacked in San Francisco. Uh, you hear these radical rainbow mafia, you know, uh, people. By the way, I did. I have to give you credit for that. I heard your, but I put radical on the front of it. Uh, the rainbow mafia. I mean, these um, these far left uh, domestic terrorists is what they are. You know, yelling and screaming at her and hitting her and uh, and yelling, trans women are women, you know, and I, I see that. And that is horrible for the trans community. I mean, the general public looks at something like that and they say these people are wacko and they are. They are. They're not. They're trans people. Um, I tried to when I came out. I thought because of my celebrity status, OK, that if I come out, I want to do it in the most respectful way I can, not just to myself and my family, but also uh, to the trans community and to women in general. And uh, I just tried it to do it the right way. 
and I see some of these radical rainbow mafia ones um, doing it the absolute wrong way. And it's so bad for the it's so bad for the trans community. It's just. So, Caitlin, I'm wondering what your perspective is on this, because for me, when I look at social media, I feel like there are a lot of so-called influencers who are using the label of trans to get money, endorsements, accolades, and quite frankly, attention. And I'm wondering if the actual trans community sees that and maybe feels a little mocked by that, because that's certainly how it feels, at least in my perspective, watching some of these people that are really getting a come up off of the trans ID. Honestly, most trans people that I know, they want to do it quietly, especially female to male. You never hear about that, but it's about 49% female to male, 51% male to female. You only hear about the male to female. The, they could, the male to female could learn something uh, from the, the uh, <laughs> it gets so complicated, <laughs> from uh, the female to male, because the female to male stays very quiet. Transitioning is very simple. Uh, and they just want to blend into society. And I would say 99% of, of this group of people, trans people, just want to go on with life. They just want to enjoy themselves. They want to do it fluidly. But there is the ones, especially today with social media, that want to become celebrities. I've been accused of that. Oh, you want to be a celebrity? No, I was a celebrity for the last 50 years. Right. I won the games. I've been in the celebrity world. I was involved with the most popular reality television show in history for years. I already had all of that. I didn't do this to be a celebrity. Um, I do that, did this, one, so when I wake up in the morning uh, as a trans person, I don't know if you said, if you read my book, I went through so much stuff. I just wake up in the morning and just want to be myself. Right. Uh, and that's exactly what I can do today. And that's a wonderful feeling. All those things and the confusion I had before are kind of in the background. Um, and I can just be myself. Too many of these, or not too many, a small minority in uh, with trans people want to do this and become a celebrity. And we know who that is right now, what we're mm -hmm. talking about. I don't even want to say her name. But um, they want to become, they want to get clicks. They want to become popular. And so they get on social media and they do everything they can to become popular, to get clicks. And, oh, my gosh, if I could get a million clicks, this would be wonderful. Well, <laughs> I, I was not on social media uh, for most of my life until the day I transitioned, when the cover of uh, Vanity Fair came out. Um, and immediately at that point, I knew I, I wanted to have a voice out there and I knew social media because of my family, was very powerful, but my family did that, not me. But the day, social, or the, day of the cover of Vanity Fair came out, uh, all my social media uh, opened up. And I, I got a Guinness Book of World Records uh, a plaque on my wall, the fastest to one million followers. Uh, did it in four hours and, wow. um, and uh, two minutes. And I beat out Barack Obama, which was just a little over five hours. Um, but I've tried to use my social media as a platform for good, uh, not becoming a celebrity. I already was one and I continue to be one. And uh, it's just celebrities, not all it's cracked up to be, to be honest with you. Um, it, for me, it's a job. I, I, you know, 
And it's a tough job because you're, you leave the house and you're on. I mean, you're, you're working as soon as you leave the house with selfies, with people coming up to you, this and that, you know. Um, but a lot of the trans community, uh, that's what they want out of all of this. They want to be a celebrity. Um, so I don't know. I'm doing it. I'm a celebrity in this thing. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about somebody else who would love to be a celebrity, and that's your wonderful governor, Gavin Newsom. You know, a couple of years ago, we <laughs> thought maybe he was going to be on his way out, but he managed to cling on there. And I wonder, it sure seems to me, Caitlin, that Gavin Newsom is getting ready to run for president in 2024. And I wonder, you being in the state of California, do you think that's what we're going to see? Are they going to throw Biden under the bus and bring Gavin Newsom into that White House? I'm really fearful of it. Well, I, I'm fearful that we would have uh, Joe Biden for another four years. I think what he's doing right now, uh, because he has been the worst president ever, so terribly incompetent, uh, he just doesn't want to be a lame duck president. Um, and so he's saying, oh, I might run, I might run. I'm He has no intention, or does the Democratic Party want him to run? He's been a disaster um, in every way possible. Uh, so they're looking for new people. Um, and if you look at the people that the Democrats are coming up with, uh, there's nobody any good. And they keep talking about Gavin Newsom. Or I did see that uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. Um, just announced today that he's going to be in there. And I think actually that's probably maybe the best. I don't know what his political beliefs are, but he certainly has name recognition. And um, but Gavin Newsom, they've been pushing Gavin Newsom. When he was mayor of San Francisco, that was the beginning of the downfall of San Francisco. It has gone downhill ever since. Then he becomes governor, absolutely destroying this state. Um, and the worst governor we've ever had. More people are leaving today. Businesses, over 20,000 companies have left. You cannot do business in California. It's impossible with all the regulations, massive regulations. Companies are leaving. People are leaving. Um, he's horrible. And then you think now he's going to go. You know, he's part of the Pelosi. I think uh, Paul Pelosi's like his uncle or something. You know, he's you know he's a Pelosi. He's you know this is where Kamala Harris came from. I mean, San Francisco politics. It's horrible. They're just horrible. And he thinks he's going to run for president. He's slick. You know, he's got the good hair. He's slick, uh, but. His track record is absolutely horrible. And uh, uh, who and we on the other side, um, we have some pretty good people out there. We and, certainly uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some very competent, good people out there um, on the Republican side. And so uh, it's that's more interesting. I, I think whatever happens, um, I, I just don't see unless, you know, Joe Biden, first of all, Donald Trump got more votes than any other Republican in history last time around. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just as hard as you try to convince me and uh, I don't see how Joe Biden ever got 80 million people to vote for him. But it's what happened. Uh, you have to kind of live with it. Unfortunately, because of that, our country has been destroyed and uh, we have to fix that. But we have a lot of very good candidates on the Republican side. Do we uh, 
get the honor of seeing another Caitlyn Jenner run for governor in California? Is that something that's still in the works, maybe potentially? I know that it's got to be an uphill battle. You fought it once, but is there more fight left in you to enter the political world once again? Uh, there's always a lot of fight in me, Tommy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been fighting my whole life, uh, but I think I need to fight in other areas. Uh, you have to be realistic. Um, you look at California, they've never even had a female governor, uh, let alone a trans woman, you know. Um, and that's very, very tough to overcome, okay, no matter how much money you can raise. Uh, I've found uh, myself in the future uh, really enjoying uh, working with Fairness First, trying to make a difference on uh, the issues that I really care about, and that is protecting women's sports and parental rights and supporting candidates uh, that share our values. And I think I'm better in those areas um, and I can make a bigger change, kind of being behind the scenes, uh, trying to raise money uh, to fight for those issues. And so for right now, yeah, I, I don't have, I can't see myself going back into the political arena. Um, you know, I'm older. Um, I want to enjoy my senior years. You know how it goes. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate your voice and you have done far more than any liberal feminist out there, especially in the last couple of years, fighting for women, fighting for women's sports, fighting for common sense, which at the core of it is something that you stand for above everybody else in California. I see you as a shining voice, not only in that state, but in our movement, and we're happy to have you. Thank you for being with me. We hope we can get you and maybe the entire family out to the volunteer state of Tennessee one of these days, because we'd love to have you all. <laughs> oh, I, if I could convince them to go, they would be there. And let's, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be a good one. But, uh, you know, Tommy, I've just always appreciated you and, and the fight that you have in you. Um, it kind of reminded me the other day when uh, Riley Gaines uh, went after she had been attacked and they asked her, oh, is that going to make you slow down? And she's so competitive. She, I, that's why I love athletes. She's so competitive. And she looks at there and says, no way. I'm not going to I'm going to fight now. And I'm even more uh, motivated. And I see the same thing in you. And I just I've watched you from the beginning of your career on. And it's been uh, so much fun to watch you. I wish you nothing but the best. I'm glad to see you're married now. You're stable. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Doing what we love to do. And I'm in a great free state. So whenever you're ready to come to a free state, we will welcome you with open arms. Thanks so much for being Thank with you. me. And please say hello to everyone at the Fox Los Angeles Bureau for me. Yeah, I will. All right. Thanks so much, Caitlin. I'll talk to you soon. Still ahead, have you seen this story? Well, it just so happens this mother and her husband are friends of mine, and I want to set the record straight. That's next. All right, so the story of the baseball player's pregnant wife who was forced to pick up her toddler's popcorn off the floor of the plane has been making its rounds on the interwebs. After the incident occurred, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass took to Twitter to blast United and the flight attendant for what he felt was an incredibly disrespectful and humiliating situation for his wife. And then the internet took over from there, with everyone from Barstool to the Daily Mail, even our own Fox News and OutKick writing about the incident with a simple question. Should moms be forced to clean up after their kids on flights or in public places? The question is fair enough. 
But this story has been spun, taken out of context, and butchered, and since Anthony and Sydney Bass are friends of mine, I'm going to go ahead and set the record straight. Sydney is 22 weeks pregnant, and her pregnancy is high risk. She's a baseball wife, and in order to see her husband, she has the already incredibly challenging task of traveling almost weekly so the girls can see their dad and watch him work. Well, last weekend, her toddler, age two, was given popcorn to keep her from screaming and disrupting other passengers, and because she's a freaking toddler, she spilled it. I'm sure every mom out there can relate, am I right? Well, then the flight attendant tapped her and told her the captain, yes, the pilot, wanted her, a pregnant woman, to get down on her hands and knees and pick up every last piece, which she did. And let's think about how humiliating that must have been to already have two kids under age seven on a flight alone with no help and then have to stoop down at the command of a flight attendant and pick up little pieces of popcorn off the ground. Well, it turns out the pilot did not request this. It was the flight attendant who then claimed the popcorn was a hazard. Well, excuse me, but what kind of a miserable hag do you have to be to humiliate a pregnant mom like that in front of the entire plane over some frickin' popcorn? So to all those out there rushing to demean and reprimand Sydney Bass like she's some kind of a diva who didn't want to clean up after her kid, stop right there. My guess is the flood attendant was on a power trip and misses that extra authority once bestowed on her as mass police, and she decided to take out all of her hall monitor aspirations on a pregnant mom trying to wrangle two little kids on a flight. Oh, and for those who are criticizing her husband, Anthony, enough. What man wouldn't come to the defense of his pregnant wife after she was humiliated in front of a plane full of passengers by a salty flight attendant with a tood? That's what a man does, and a father does, and I'd expect both my dad and my husband to do the same thing, and they damn sure would. The Basses are some of the kindest, most generous, and selfless people I've ever met. They are godly, kind, and respectful. And I bet you didn't know that the daughter who spilled the popcorn is their adopted daughter. These people are literally the salt of the earth. To watch Sydney and Anthony be raked over the coals for this makes me sick. Do better and respect moms. They have a hard enough job. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless. Take care.